Caroline Lucretia Herschel was the first woman to receive a salary as a scientist in 1787. She was also the first woman in England to hold a government position. She was the first woman to publish scientific findings in philosophical transactions of the Royal Society. She was awarded a gold medal of the Royal Astronomical Society and later got a gold medal for science from the King of Prussia. Welcome to Two Thirds Focused. I'm Rasmus. And I'm Red. And I'm Jan. And we're all mostly normal. At least two thirds normal? Yeah, that, 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 that was way too smooth. Ah, sorry. <laughs> how's your week, lads? How's you, how's you doing? Jan, you're on the road again. Yes, I am. It's fantastic. It's weird and it's wonderful at the same time. And I spent the last one and a half hours in a traffic jam. <laughs> wow, that's not fun. Which reminded me why I hated being on the road. <laughs> but other than that, it's been absolutely wonderful. <clears throat> I've been, um, yeah, I have a business trip um, up to Hamburg, um, which combined with a uh, class that I'm taking. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a long one, actually. I'm going to be gone till Wednesday next week, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Damn, that's a long trip. It is. And, um, so so you basically hate your wife now? Is that it? No, it's the, the, the opposite. <laughs> so uh, she hates you? <laughs> oh, no, you no, not that opposite. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, the other opposite. <laughs> no, she's right, actually I'm come confused. up and uh, visit. Because uh, I'm going to be for the two days, like before the weekend, I'm going to be up in uh, Hamburg for those classes. Uh, she booked a train ticket and she's going to come and visit me tomorrow. So she's going to stay at the hotel room and she's just going to use the time for sightseeing because she still has vacation from last year that she has to or needs to get rid of. So, yeah, she's she's going to visit. She's going to take a look at Hamburg in the evening. We're going to spend some time together, stroll around through Hamburg. And then I'm going to spend the weekend visiting Kiel, which I'm looking forward to. Does he know? Oh, he, yeah, he know, he actually knows that I'm visiting. Yeah. <laughs> OK, good. Yeah. Because I know I, his wife would be pissed. <laughs> he would love it if he just showed up and go ta-da I'm here at his wife I, I, yeah I, no 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 I, I just had to sell it right I'm like hey you know what I'm gonna come and I'm gonna be your cheap labor so <laughs> yeah yeah that, that'll do it yeah. what are the class about is that for work that you're taking that is for work yes I am doing the class as a digital sales manager it's called oh is the one you mentioned there uh, like Gender? Yeah, that's the, that's the sec that's the second part. Like the first one was at the end of last year, and now it's the second part. And after that, there's gonna be a test, which I have to take online, and then I can call myself a digital sales manager. Which basically means is um, I then certified know how to operate uh, Xing and LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, it's I, I I know there's people out there who actually don't know those things. No, I, no, and, like I'm, and I'm absolutely, and I'm absolutely kidding because this is just a really small part of it. It's really about um, just how to how to say that digitalize your your company, like everything. It's from B two B portals over like sales portals over, um, of course, using social media, but mostly like organizing homepages, uh, SEO, like all of that stuff. It just gives you a general overview and everything digital that can be done in a company to just smoothen the processes. And this is something that is really needed at our company because uh, Japanese are great in a lot of things. They're not when it comes to web pages. 
No, they are not. <laughs> yeah. Do they still so. send facts? Because when I was we there, there was a special building with all the fax machine of all the companies. Yeah, it's some for some of our Japanese coworkers will basically stop turning when we switched over to digital fax. So the fax basically automatically get converted to an email and they receive the email. They still print it though, stamp it, put it in a folder. Oh, oh sorry, we, we have that saying in our company. It means basically you receive it via email, you print it, you stamp it, you scan it, <laughs> then you put the original in the folder and the one with the stamp you send to the next Japanese. And he's gonna print it, stamp it, scan it. <laughs> yeah, that's the old way that they, they were doing it just to... Putting your seal on the paper means that yes. you have read the thing, so you acknowledge the content and so it can go down the line. It has to be a red stamp, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually heard about that during the pandemic. Like that was a, during the massive lockdown in Japan. There was a big problem that some people were like physically unable to not do their job because then the literal economy of the whole country would stop. They needed someone to go out and stamp a document yeah. and sign it, so to speak. Absolutely, and it's the same. Um, they they have well the computers they have. They did they didn't have notebooks, so people were sent into home for um, office because the state ordered it. And you probably could see thousands of Japanese people carrying their PC towers in their hand oh. or like, or with the monitor or trying to get, because they don't have notebooks or they would sit at home and just take files and basically work by hand through the files and then just go into work the next day, just to sort it back, type it in and then leave again. It was chaos. Yeah. I, I don't get why they wouldn't get their employees laptops instead of desktops. Isn't laptops to some extent cheaper in that sense? No, it would mean that you can work from home and they I, don't want that. I, 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 uh, right. And I have to be really political while I say that me working for a Japanese company, they're not, uh, it's not old fashioned, they're, they're um, traditional. Traditional is the right word, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, Pro proven concepts. They, they, they like concepts that are proven for the last 200 years. Uh, it's called outdated <laughs> no 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 you can't say it but Proven. i can say it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but yeah other than that it feels great being on the road again it's, it's so nice being at the customers and you're sitting at that table and the customers looking at you you're looking at the customer and i'm like damn i don't remember anything like i don't know how to sell anymore <laughs> i still know not sell, but sale. Like basically, I'm like, and the customer is like, I don't know how to customer anymore. So you're just there and you're talking about the situation. And you're just laughing and um, like everybody's gotten rusty. <laughs> With the, whole, the, the climate completely changed like before Corona. People are just happy that they can uh, have visitors again. And um, there, there are good conversations about it, but it's on a completely different level that it's been before. Like all those... Um, indebted, um, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just the whole climate changed, at least what I've seen so far. And I'm not sure if it's going to go back to normal or if it's going to stay that way, but I kind of enjoy it, to be honest. That's it's cool. a lot more honest conversation that you're having with the customers, especially with the situation at the moment with uh, shortages and delivery times going up for half a year. It's like everybody's just like, yeah, there's nothing we can do about it. Let's just be human and see what we can do. I, I, I guess sort of everyone 
realize that shit can happen and it can be nobody's fault. Yes, yeah, especially here in Germany because it's an old, like, German by structured, everything is structured, everything is planned out and people now realize it's not working. So what do you do when you take that basis off? It's just, well, we, you adapt. So, yeah, that's... Hey. <laughs> No, you you become French. <laughs> There's no organization. It's just, yeah, it's just like random chaos all the time, and people are still complaining about that. So, <laughs> welcome to my we, life. We're not quite at that level yet. It's 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 not quite as bad. <laughs> yeah. How how about you guys? How was your week? Uh, the opposite of you. Um, I'm happy not to be on the road again uh, because of the. Uh, trip that I had to take um, to thousand France uh, twice in the past weeks. I'm yeah. happy to just be in the new home, uh, working on it. I've spent the last week uh, doing pretty much the same thing every day, uh, over and over again, which means uh, using products to plug holes or cracks in walls, then sand it, then putting smoothing coating and sand it and wash the walls in order to prep them for paint. Also spent a good amount uh, of the afternoon uh, figuring out uh, all the electrical thingy of the house, like where if you turn a switch on, what does it light up? Uh, how the electrical plugs are wired together in the apartment and it turns out it's completely random so it's the electrician <laughs> that did that was probably having fun wearing all of that oh he was french uh, probably yeah um so yeah uh um turns out i have running under the flooring of my kids best bedroom uh we have uh, three wires. Uh, they ran wires. wires through the floor? Yeah, under the floor. Not through, what? but under the floor. And they don't go anywhere and they, we don't know where they come from. So they are from one wall to another wall. They are hot wires, so 240 volts in them. And they are not connected to any plug or heater or anything. Which is, so they're not live; they're just no, high voltage. They they are they are yeah. There is electricity running through them. Oh, okay, but we don't know where they come from and where so they. So just open, open. Oh, okay. So you just see it coming out of one wall or in the yeah, and then it just disappears in the disappear other one. Disappear in another wall. Yeah. And, well, and you switch on all the lights in the apartment, then you cut the wire and see <laughs> that, which that's, room the light goes up. That's that's what I'm gonna do tomorrow probably that's, because that's, we. I, <laughs> That's I, almost I, checked, <laughs> I checked everything with the uh, proper equipment and safety rules, of course. Uh, I used to be an electronic technician. That's exactly <laughs> how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's been a fun afternoon trying to figure it out. Uh, but, yeah, the bedroom is almost done. Uh, tomorrow I won't be working in the house because I have uh, appointments uh, at the town hall, town hall uh, for official papers and, and all of that. So yeah, my my week has pretty has pretty much been that every single day. Um sanding walls, 
and putting coatings on walls and sanding them again and putting more coatings on walls and so when's it going to be the actual painting because that's when you're going to see the change and go, really going to appreciate it yeah yeah i can't wait to be honest uh, uh i need the coating of the bedroom the first bedroom is completely done it's dry now so i will have to uh, wait till thursday in order to sand it and then wash it let it dry and we can start painting on saturday or on sunday uh that would be the plan if we had only one room but i have two more to do uh, so I will probably take the end of the week and also next week to finish everything, uh, prep everything, get rid of all the dust because sanding, smoothing, coating yeah. on walls when it's dry. Yeah, you, you might not want to cut those electrical wires then. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I just to see that they're disappearing in the wall, like going up and you have to just rip them out and rip open the whole wall that you just sand it. And I, <laughs> I hope not, I hope not. But from what I've seen, which is even weirder, what, what uh, they go inside a wall and behind that wall, there is the bathroom. So if I'm correct, they are disappearing under the bathtub, which to me is pretty weird. That's not yeah. just weird, that's just highly illegal. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, dangerous. Is it a and... suicide tub? Is that it? No, I don't think so. Uh, well, if it's an FI, if it's, it's a safety a switch. It's light switch and loose wires. <laughs> what you probably want to do is really just plug in stuff in different outlets uh, like lights and switch on lights and then you go to the um breaker panel yeah and you that's just what, that's what I switch off yeah and didn't find any any breaker because you have the this main breaker and all the little switch yeah. so i i took everything down it was all off and the, there was still electricity in these two three wires I think so I know what could help. Is there an what? apartment underneath yours? No, no, no. no, no. Underneath, I, I yeah. Think I, I think I know what that could help. What? Move out of France. Yeah, probably it would help. I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I was good in Japan. It was perfect apartment. Is everything secured and working? Yeah, but I, I, apart from being in Japan. Apart from being in Japan, and yeah, and power plant exploding, you, and hurricanes, and and, and you can fix every wall with a piece of paper. Um. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but no, I, I want to just figure out that that shit because it's it's for me the only real um, danger or hazard or stuff that I don't want in my house, especially in the kids' bedroom. So yeah, um, dusty days, sanding walls has been pretty much my whole week. Punching microphones. Also, casually. yeah, because yeah. it's it's in the way. <laughs> I don't get used to it. <laughs> right, it's just so happy. I don't have to do the edit. Just start hitting the mic. <laughs> Rez is going like, oh. What about so you, Rez? This episode will be unedited and it will sound horrible. And now you know who to blame. Raz, for not doing the editing. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck you. Yeah, I think just we, we we've all listened to that wonderful episode um, with the guys from Fools with Tools <laughs> during since the last recording, and the blame yeah. that Rasmus took for pretty much anything Every happening scene. during Every the set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it's a Makers Waffle episode with the Fools yes. with Tools guys. You mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For that was some wonderful. reason, they keep blaming me for everything. Yeah.
and the, oh, and we, were we supposed to say yes, you must defend the UN. Okay, yeah, that that's not good, guys. Was it the part we're supposed to disagree? So sorry. Yes, but never mind. That's fine. Rasmus is a fine man. Don't blame him too much. Thank you. My pleasure. I'll 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 use and abuse that for all it's worth. <laughs> what about your week? What was it? Uh, I've I've realized that power hammers are actually really fun. Yeah, they are. They they are also a little bit scary. Uh, yeah, they but mostly are. Mostly fun, actually. Yeah, they and are. I I had one of those moments where I sort of oh I have let me play around for a couple of hours because I finished all the things I have to do just now, mm-hmm. and I accidentally made something really sword shaped. Yeah, you're gonna send that to me uh, right away for me taking for, for, for the for the inspection. <laughs> for, for like, you mean, you, you yeah. mean before or art after hardening and sharpening? Uh, after, please. Yeah, of of course, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'll... also today, today I also accidentally again made uh, something vaguely kukri shaped. Those uh, Nepalese special forces kind of knife, which apparently those guys are fucking crazy. There's multiple stories of them being outmanned, like twelve to one, and winning or chasing the enemy away. Oh, by the way. Um... Uh, talking about that, I heard a story. I will have to check if it's that's if that's true. But I heard a story of a French soldier uh, making one thousand three hundred and seven German soldier prisoner, all by himself during World War Two. And oh. I I can't believe that tr- that's true. But because come on, one French guy with the repetition that we have since sounds mm-hmm. real. But if that's true, that's that's freaking awesome. I mean, not awesome in the way that it's a guy making prisoner in the World War. It's like it redeems France. I know, I know, French pronounce like how they pronounce their numbers when they count. So I'm pretty sure there's some big mistake <laughs> somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Also, okay. Also, I would like to bet that the guy is from Normandy and he has some really strong Viking blood. That's that that might be true. I, I will have to, I, I will have to check because after that the guy came became famous and even met uh, like the French president and all of that. Oh. So it it must something must have happened uh for him to become a, a national hero. Um, so yeah, I would have to dig into that. But sorry, I, I interrupted you. No, no, I, I I was just ranting on a little bit of the fun facts I know about the the Gurkha warriors of Nepal, which I mean, special forces before special forces were kind kind of thing because they were just badass from the beginning and had a kind of an ethic where if they were to unsheath their Gurkhas, they needed the Gurkha needed to have blood on it. Oh, it's so, the Japanese thing that. It's also, yeah, but it, it, apparently that's also a thing because the Gurkhas traditionally would have like a small needle. Like you had into the castle, you would have like a needle point in it uh-huh. so that if you drew it and it didn't taste blood, you would prick your finger on it. So Ooh. it will bleed on it. That's so better might- than looking at your companion saying, dude, I'm really sorry, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's you or me. Come on. <laughs> okay. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, Make better and, and sense than Japanese. Stories of, yeah. Sorry? No, it makes better sense that the Jap- Japanese saying of a katana must taste blood if it's out of the sire. Because if, yeah. if you don't, if you draw it and don't kill anyone, uh, I've never heard any story of there is no thing um, 
planned for you to give your own blood blood to your blade. So it, it totally makes sense. It, it, it would come. Yeah, and I that. mean, uh, you you probably wouldn't like slice your hand on the katana or anything like that, and then just sheath it because the the, the blood would be slightly corrosive. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially inside of the sheath. So yeah, like. But- it it goes against a lot of the swordsmanship and ethics of keeping a katana in Japan. Yeah. But when you have like the Gurkhas who actually just assigned a part of the blade to be bled upon if by you, if you can't kill someone or attack someone with it, that that sort of works a bit better, I think. Uh, but also, yeah, like they they were just insane, and they they I really want to look up more of the history because I just had like a small like five minute segment of some highlights and it's like oh these people are fucking yeah. insane and i want to know more yeah well sounds but sounds really interesting especially being outnumbered like 12 to 1 i guess that's a pretty good case or showcase of how like not many people can work really well together in a <laughs> small yeah. place uh i i don't i i don't remember things well enough to like Properly say oh, things, he just I, didn't I, even get it. No, no, he's he, he passed way, way beyond him. He said, "Fuck off!" <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll hate you when I edit this and hear what you said. Uh, no, that was just a good segue from from Jan. I mean, come on, you, you have, yes, you have I, to give I him credit for that because I heard the first half and then I was talking and then I didn't hear anything. <laughs> Come <laughs> on, do your segue. That's fine. No, I'm, no I'm, finish your week. I have yeah, a question exactly. for you. Finish your week. You're not yeah. done yet. Yeah. Uh, so by accident, I, I don't. I don't believe you made the 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 first or even the second blade by accident. Is that you trying now that you have the paramount to bigger blades and longer blades yeah. and diff- yeah. more blades in in different styles? Yeah. Uh, it's partially just because now I have the power armor, so some of the limitations in time of forging out these longer blades, mm-hmm. it's not that so much there. Yeah. Also, it's a really good practice, just like a starting with a big billet and just drawing it out and trying to keep it even and symmetrical and all that. Yeah. Uh, but also because the current dies of the power hammer are these combination dies, yeah. so they are not like completely flat against each other. There's some, they're slightly concave, both of them. Yeah. So by running the blade through just the edge of it, I can actually forge out the edge of the blade. Mm-hmm. Nice. Which, uh, it's, uh, it's not a new idea. No, uh, it's time I've seen saving. Other people, I've seen other people do it, but it's really efficient. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still very much learning to know, to figure out how much power I can give the power, to give it stroke to make it do what I want while still keeping control. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I sort of accidentally give it a bit too much of a squish, and I go, ooh, and that's that's much. And then I try to correct it, and sometimes I need to correct it by hand to make it work again. Other times I just like, okay, I need to cut this off and forget about it and move on. So the 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 uh, sword that you forged the other day is your first try at forging a sword. Yeah. Fuck. Wow. Off. <laughs> that is impressive. Yeah, so, it is. No, but you it haven't is. seen like the, 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 how wobbly it is in every other direction. No, but you will. Gr- I want you, to take picture of. <laughs> you, you will grind it anyway. When when yeah. you when you see people making swords, the the that first is really really close to a finished form. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. Um, it, it's still really thick, and I would like it to be five centimeters longer because then I would have a proper blade length of sixty centimeters. Currently, it's fifty-five, so it's like slightly too short for it to be a proper sword. Uh, 
and also it's really heavy still like it should a normal sword should weigh maximum of one kilo i think a sword sword like this should be closer to 700 800 grams this might be one and a half. Right, so right, I, right now you're probably cl more clubbing someone to death with it than <laughs> actually cutting. Yeah. Also, it's not hardened yet, so. Uh, but just, there's a lot of minute things. I, I mean, this is one of my, one of those things of oh, I feel confident now enough to I can draw out the sword shape. I can experiment with using these dies to forge out the edge of the sword. Um, and then I don't know how far I can push things after that, so I need to finish it by hand, and I need to straighten it by hand. Now you get the well, so since you got access to that power hammer, and you are in that um, it's it's makerspace workspace. Yeah, basically. I make yeah, space. so so you do you made that by yourself, or did you get any help in that? No, no, no. The 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 guy who knows about the power hammer and uh, who actually has a journeymanship as a blacksmith. I mm -hmm. I don't. I'm just cheating. Uh, he basically just said, oh yeah, no, no, so you turn it on here and like ignore these styles because we mounted it upside down so it doesn't fit anymore. And you press the pedal and it goes kunk, 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 kunk. And then he just, good luck, and ran off. <laughs> so you, so uh, you, you, neither got, you, you, you don't have anyone there helping you, neither do you have anyone standing in your way? Yeah, which is really good. I don't like people standing in my way. Yes, yes, that's a segue <laughs> to anyone who wondered. That was number two. <laughs> do do you want to take this on? No, Brad? no, that's that's your this is segue for you to start with the topic. We just did the segue and then one of you introduced the topic because red or yeah. Yeah, well, that was my idea, basically. So yeah. I'm 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 gonna take over. Um yeah, the, the, the subject of today, uh, the title of the episode is Don't Don't Help Me, I Don't Have Time. Uh which is a, a famous quote from a, a French guy uh, a long time ago, um, but it's actually referring to um, teamwork and working with people, um, either in a space, the same space that you will have to share, like in your company or in your workshop or whatever, or working on a single project together with other people. And I've been doing that for a few years now because I've been uh, sharing um, my workshop with my dad, or should I say my dad shared his workshop with me when I came back from Japan, so I had a space to uh, work in. Um, and, and it was not easy at first because the amount of tool that I have and the amount of tool that he has doesn't leave much room for us to be working together in a in a... Um, comfortable way so space is is uh, an issue but you also have to consider uh, who people are in order to work well with them so I was wondering if you had the um, opportunity the occasion uh, to work with people in one space so to share a space um, and to work on a specific project with other people and how did it go and and what was the good things about it and the bad things about it and, and your experience and all of that? I can be really short. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jan? Uh, yes. And, well, not, not for like, makeup project. Not for makeup projects. Um, but I did it for work. 
And I love, there's a really good example for that or somebody who wrote something about it. That was uh, Anthony Bourdain by Kitchen Confidential. And he described how cooks uh, work in a kitchen if they know what they're doing. So for, I believe, when that is just a guess, for makers, it can be really difficult. If you, especially if you're used to working by yourself on your own stuff, if you suddenly have to work on something together. Um, I did it in my first job where we built up machines. And after I went some tr uh, through some training and we were setting up machines with other technicians, that is, I finally understood what that Anthony Bourdain was trying to say with it. Because if each person or each uh, worker knows what he has to do, you can just dance around each other and making your task and fulfilling that and really be twice as fast as usual once. But that's why you receive training, because in the beginning, when I didn't know what I was doing, I had the guy basically having to interrupt his work every five minutes to show me what to do next. But thankfully, only for one machine or maybe like part of the second machine. And after that, you know what to do. And if you already work with another person before, you know kind of what kind of work he likes to do. So you see, okay, he's getting the hammer. So he's probably going to do the adjustment back at that part. So I'm just going to do that. And you just start working around each other. I didn't have the, um, I didn't have that on a maker perspective. And I think about because you said you're sharing the workshop with your dad. Um, my dad was actually over last weekend and we did some gardening. But that was pretty easy because the garden is big enough. So I was just cutting down branches and my dad was just shortening them with the sawzall and then we just switched around. So because we each had its, its own work and enough space, it's not like in a workshop where you're in each other's way. So that also helped a lot to, to speed up the time. I've, I've had a lot of those moments with my dad uh, working together. Uh, one of the most recent one is just stacking firewood mm -hmm. where I would be inside the shed and he would basically be tossing these logs at me and I will catch them <laughs> and push them up. Uh, and well, of course, was it, wasn't he uh, throwing stones at you when you made the, the stairway outside of the house? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah I think you that. described something yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah, I, in other words, he doesn't really like me and he's always trying to kill me. <laughs> I'm just, re, just got really fast hands. No, he just <laughs> knows that you can catch and, and, and yeah. do all I, that. Like, I, 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 he's been doing, or we have been doing that for as long as I can remember, basically. Uh, whereas, like, usually me, because my knees work and he's done, I'll be the one on the ground, like, stacking things. And he's tossing things at me. Uh, usually not trying to hit me, but of course, sometimes he does. Uh, like, which is, like, when we got into the rhythm of things, and you sort of get consistent in how you're tossing, it's sort of like you're catching with one hand and then the other, and then you turn and you stack, stack, and then by the time you turn around, you sort of see the log flying out the corner of your eye. That's lots of fun. But I, I don't have much experience working with other people, Outside of that, I mean, there's probably been a lot of occasions in the scouts and things like that where you sort of need to show people, but it's more like educational in that sense. It's not like you're working to a deadline and you need to get things done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't have to, to involve a project or to imply a deadline. You can be working on something with people 
with no other purpose than just being working on something with people, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Mm. But, but, but I do get a lot of that feeling when, not when I do the classes, because then I'm not really working myself. Mm -hmm. But whenever uh, I've had people in that just want to learn more or do some blacksmithing, and it, I mean, I uh, it depends. Like, on I had, had a kid in from the high school uh, before I moved, uh, when before Christmas and all that, that he would come in for four hours or something, and uh, like I, I wouldn't really be able to do anything efficiently myself. I could more or less just only prepare the next project for me because I needed to constantly sort of give him pointers and tell him and update him and tell him the next step and all of that. And of course, if I'm in a hurry to do things, which I, I think is what you're getting at, is if, if I'm in a hurry to do things, I don't have the time to teach you how to do it. Exactly, but it, that depends on the person. Like, that depends yeah. on who you're doing it with. But for an example is um, if you just on a lack of because i don't know too many blacksmiths but um it is you you're trying to make 20 knives and you got steve next to you no and it's just gonna like i'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah yeah I, I, I knew you're gonna say that but no, i'm gonna know. use it as the example anyway it's basically i'm gonna draw out the steel and you're gonna put the temper on it or something like that so basically because you have someone who's a blacksmith and already knows what he's doing you can just divide the work between each other and just work yeah. through it that yeah. is something completely uh, different okay. as somebody okay. coming uh, around the corner and saying like well let me help you and you're like no i don't have time for that <laughs> no actually that reminds me um i actually had um a kid in uh, in, uh this is like i he was he, he now just finished, he actually is the one who currently works out of my old forge at the museum. Uh, and he finished the apprenticeship, uh, his apprenticeship with my old teacher as well, um, last spring, last something something, last summer. Uh, and he, I, I, I gave him his first blacksmithing class when he was 15, I believe. And then he had to go to normal high school for a year before he could go off to like the blacksmithing high school and take the same course <coughs> that I did. <coughs> Sorry, I'm, Don't I'm, die. I'm not dying. Just too much <laughs> dust. Yeah. Um, but so uh, when he went to school, he he wanted to come back to me to actually get like a week's experience of working before this was while in school before doing the apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. And in that case, it was like, okay, cool. I mean, I know how what you know because I know the school you've been to. I I've, I've taught you before. Good you do this part of this production line of Essex or whatever it was at the time, and I'll do the other half. And, like, yeah, I'm quicker than him because I've done a couple of hundred more than he has. But even so, it's you sort of quick... You also get into the rhythm of how to figure things out and how to do things. So it's like, instead of... He was drawing all the tapers and I was bending them and then realizing, okay, but then I also have really good time to straighten them and brush them and give them a coat of wax. Mm-hmm. And by that point, I would sort of get into the rhythm of doing them about as quickly as he was drawing the taper, tapers out. But that's maybe the only really good experience I have with that. This is a good one. I mean, uh, listening to, to both of you, I, I, what I understand is that when you have a project or a production line and you are 
several people working on it. The best way to do it is probably to have a common knowledge, common base of knowledge and skills uh, that everybody shares so you can divide the, the task, the work uh, more efficiently. And in exactly. that case... Or simple tasks. Yeah, yeah, break it down in simple tasks that everyone knows how to do. So you you divide the big task into smaller ones and you are more efficient. Mm-hmm. How about working on one specific project where there is no common knowledge shared between everyone working on it? Oh, that is, that is actually freaking hilarious because I actually had that last week and I thought I never, like I, I told you guys, I never worked in my workshop or on a project, I never did that. A friend of mine, um, we made desk tables out of wine racks on Sunday like three of them in four hours and it was like actually like intensely working on it like three to four people at all times but it was like one was doing the measurement because he kind of planned the desk so we let him measure it then one did the cut the other one did the pre-drilling the other one threw the uh, put the screws in the other one put the screw out again and moved it to the right position and then screwed it back again. <laughs> I mean, there was some, there was some confusion about it um, because, and, and that's a good point, but I think it, it was a ton of fun. I think we were really effective, but um, then on the other side, I think all of us there are not, like it was, um, it wasn't the first time we built something. So there were some experience um, we kind of, it was kind of like playing around with the first one and then the other two, because they were built the same way, they were going really fast after that. And it was also, the mindset was different because instead of like, oh, we are here and we have to build those tables as fast as possible. It was like, let's get together, have some fun and build some tables. Yeah, that, that's the, that's the thing I believe for people like us, as you said, uh, we are used to work, you know own world or own workshop by ourselves mm-hmm. um, being in a situation where you can work with other people on a project and build stuff with other people it can be very very fun because it's completely different than what you are used to and it's a good occasion to have fun with people working on a project and so the project is not that important it's just an excuse to be working with people and having fun doing what you like um, I, I think there is a different um, uh, point of view or, or way of seeing things when the, the you have to produce something that has to work at the end of the week or the month or just a day. And, and in that case, when you don't share the same knowledge or the ba- same base of uh, skills, um, it, it can be very difficult to work with other people uh, just because... Um, you don't see things different the same way. You will analyze the situation or what the project needs in in a completely different way that you the next guy will do. So the the the, the way you will see the project, what needs to be done now, what can wait, what will be the next step, and every 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 single aspect of the project will be different than than the next guy it, it will, you will not see the project the same way so you you will, the way you will pro- prioritize 
the next step will be different than your your friend, and that's where um, things get complicated. I think um, in in well, I'm 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 just doing that um, now because when I was uh, working earlier in the apartment, I was trying to finish uh, this wall, uh, coating this wall, and my dad was was in the apartment with me. Um, my priority was to finish the wall before the coating uh, dries. That was I had to hurry because it it, it was drying pretty fast, so I needed to finish it. <clears throat> my dad's priority was my security in the apartment, so he wanted to figure out these fucking three wires where they came from and where they come from and when, where, they, where they are going and, and if we can just cut them and be, just be safe. Yeah. Um, so I had to stop what I was doing in order to help him figure out all the plugs and scenes and the breaker and all of that. Um, Stop helping me! I don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah, and and and, and so yeah. that that that's one of the aspects of I can't tell my dad. Um, I need to finish this now because it's drying. Because I know that his concern is about me. It's my apartment uh, or our apartment with my wife, obviously, uh, and he wants us to be safe. So his main priority is figuring out the electric system and and wiring yes his his heart is in the right place and, and being absolutely apparent, absolutely and being apparent he will he won't give a damn about the drying paint on the wall absolutely yeah sure yeah. and and if if the situation was different and it was me with my kid in my kid's new apartment i would be the same the security comes first so your coating can dry and you will have to redo it and that that's not important because what counts is security but I was like, yeah, sure, I will stop and help you doing that because I understand the situation. But sometimes when I, I was working in the past in the shop with him working on his own project, I was doing my thing, uh, he would come because probably he was bored or just curious about what I was doing and would interrupt me or try to help me do what I was yeah. doing at the moment. And that's that's what the don't help me, I don't have time thing comes in. Because when you know what you are doing and when someone obviously don't know the idea, the project, the design, the process, but wants to help, it's it's what you said earlier. You have to stop every five minutes to explain what you are doing. And you know, what, you know what you're telling that person? No. Yes, with milk and milk, milk and two sugars. <laughs> and now, keep going. <laughs> yeah, that that's so glad you're asking. Yes, I would like some coffee. <laughs> that, that's that's the problem. That's where my my questioning come from. How to tell people that. Because because they are coming to help you, so they are super kind. They want to do something right, um, and and it's really hard to just tell them, yeah, no, I don't have time. Fuck off. Uh, I know what I'm doing, um, and you are slowing me down because the intention is is really good, and it's just the manifestation of their love for you that push them to come and, and want to help. That's absolutely fine. But then you have to make the choice, like either you're not keeping the time schedule and you're taking the time and you 
your priority is to work together with that person and show them, or you kindly say them to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, and that's um, so far. I I never said to my dad fuck off uh, <laughs> when I was working on a project. Um, I I I chose to pause the project and have this opportunity um, of spending time with him and just share something and and just speak which I believe was the right choice. But if it would have not been my dad and someone else, uh, someone that I'm not close to or attached to, uh, it, it's also, because I'm, I'm, I'm French, but I'm polite, it's also very, very difficult to just send them away. Is that away. what they call an oxymoron? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, 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 I, I believe... There's two situations when we are you are working with people um, in the same space or on a project. There is the, I know what I'm doing, you want to help me, fine, but I don't need your help. And there is the, all, all, the, the other side of the thing, which is, I'm taking you help because I really need it, but I'm in charge, so, because that's my project. Mm -hmm. uh, so please listen to me and do exactly what, what you're told. And yep. and if you are taking into consideration this second situation, second option, um, there is one problem, which is ego, because most of people uh, don't like to be uh, told what they have to do, or or just accept the idea that they are not in charge of a project. See what I mean? Yeah. Yep. It's. Uh... It's also a skill to learn, sort of to know when to just nod and yes. take orders and say, yes, sir, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe just true. sometimes taking a step back and thinking about it. It's like that person has been doing that for that many years. He's probably knows, uh, he probably knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are absolutely right. Coming back to last week, you're an idiot, admit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, I, um, I have two thoughts. Uh, or a thought and a question to you, Red. Uh, the first being, when I was with Al, uh, I guess this is pretty much exactly two years ago, just before the corona times, uh, we, we were cooking in his kitchen. And uh, at some point, we reached, or at, at some point during the, the meal prep of things, he just had to take everything over because everything needed to happen all at once. And it was like seconds to go there and seconds to go there to get sort of everything like perfect for the meal uh and like he knows what's demand or what it takes to get everything right when it comes to all these timings i don't and he then didn't have the time to explain to me what he needed help with yeah to sure. get things done yeah. in the timely manner so that everything would manage but he had the time to do everything himself and stress the hell out but make it go perfectly and that that sort of thought led me to you with your son, how often do you end up in a position where he really wants to help, but this is something so critical, I guess only in time then, that you can't take the time to teach him how to do it, even though that would be an investment on your part, because next time he would be a better help. So far, um, the only time that I refused to explain, take the time or let him do it, was when it was dangerous, like right now. 
yeah. not his life was at risk, but he could injure himself because he was using a knife uh, in a wrong way or scissors or he could yeah. be injured with uh, fire or heat or something like that. Um, otherwise, all the rest of the times, when he comes to me and wants to help, I just take the time to show him if he needs to be to be shown something or just let him try or let him do i strongly believe that if you are refusing the opportunity of to a kid to try to do something uh, it will create frustration or this culture of failure i'm not gonna try because i'm gonna i'm gonna fail because your own dad or mother doesn't trust you enough for you to give it a try so if they are not letting me try it's because i'm gonna fail and if i'm gonna fail i'm not doing i'm not gonna do it and if you keep that in your kid's brain and grow up with it you become a, a, a an adult uh, fearing failure and not wanting to try new stuff and i don't want that for my kid you, you sort of end up teaching him uh, that he shouldn't ask, he shouldn't try, yeah. instead of teaching him a skill. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So the, my, one of my protestant moments as a, as a dad is when he asks me if he can help or just come behind me at this table and grab a, a piece of scrap leather and s start punching holes in it or hammering and, and stamping and tuning it uh, whilst I'm working on something else. That's That's just great because... It's not because it's leather. It's because my kid is making something. He's doing something. And he's deep into Minecraft now. So the other day was just taking a sheet of paper, uh, folding it, uh, making, um, sticking together with a little bit of tape. And he made a Minecraft uh, pickaxe and a Minecraft sword. Cool. And that was really cool. And that was done in five minutes. And he had the, just the, the toy that he wanted to have just for that moment of imagination he was in. So that's really cool. I really like that. So I, I try to always take the time uh, to, yeah, just just let him do stuff. Uh, to, tonight, he, he just prepared his, his own meal. Uh, and I was just watching him. Uh, I was supervising. I was just trying to um, see if he was not risking to cut himself with a knife or stuff like that. But I believe in in let people do, let people make if they want to, if they have the will to. And then Red came around and asked, "Can I help you? Like, let me help you with that." And the kid said, "Oh no, 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 thank you. I don't have time for that." That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's how the circle, circle closes. Yeah, full circle. The the only the only thing that um, I regret um, is that there has to be a leader. In, in every endeavor, in, in every project, when you are, uh, many people or several people are working together, there has to be a leader. And most of the time, ego is what uh, makes one the leader, if, if you see what I mean. The, 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 the guy with the biggest yeah. ego will try to be the leader, even if he doesn't have 
most of the knowledge or the skills that are required for the project. And or he tries to make himself the leader, at least. Yeah, that that's what I meant. Yeah, he, he's, he's okay. like, okay, I'm 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 in charge. I'm I'm taking over this project because yeah, I I speak loud. No, fuck off. You don't have the skills. You don't you don't you don't have the knowledge. So it yeah, but it's because be of the different types. Like there's just a you can actually take them and put them into different drawers. There's especially in sales and marketing and what I learned or I'm learning right now. And that's like we talked about, it's something to, uh, that is worth going into at another podcast maybe, or at another episode. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting because I thought it's bullshit till I actually grasp how they're doing it. And then I was just like, Damn, they're right. <laughs> Can you explain? Wait, yeah, yeah. No, you mentioned this earlier, and I think you put it in the topic list, like yeah, around Christmas or something. Yeah, true colors. Show right. you true colors. Okay, want to keep yeah. it for another po- episode? Because yeah, I'm, it's I'm, definitely I'm interesting. Really, to, just really to cut it, uh, basically to to give a short <laughs> overview is there are different colors. Like it's it's coded in colors. It doesn't mean really colors, but it's just how they they make like a system where they put it in. So there's the energetic one, the the, the ego one, the which is like the loudest one, the one that needs the or wants the attention that goes forward with it. It's just or just really energetic. Then you got the uh, yellow type, which is like the creative type. Then you got the blue type, which is the one that is more uh, rational thinking, um, but more the silent type. And um, then you got the, oh, I think I think green type, which is out for harmony the whole time. And it's not no, there's no true like single color for each person. Every person consists of different colors, but it's just the the what is overtaking basically, or which part is really standing out. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about that, because this is like a topic which you can easily fill an episode with. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah, we'll do that. Seems we'll like it. it. I have I have thoughts already, but I'll shut up. <laughs> um, I, I I like the way um, we were talking about my dad, so I'm, I'm going to stick with the, the, the topic uh, of my dad and me working together. I really like the way we do it now. I mean, it took a long time of us sharing the same space to understand each other and be, and be working well together. But depending on the, on, on the situation of the project and, and who needs help for what, um, the leader will be the one with the, the more knowledge uh, about the, the, the project. Um, when we are, we are working on my car, fixing my car, he knows car like, like no one is he's been teaching uh, how to uh, how a car works and how to fix them and create them and make them for like 40 years so in all cars not a problem uh, as he's getting old old is um, it's more difficult for him to crawl under the car and and do the physical work so I'm doing it and he's just telling me what to do. Uh, and we've been doing that for a long time now. So now I I know how to fix cars because I've I've done that with him. So it was a way for me to learn. So it was my the 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 way he passed on his knowledge, like making me do stuff through child labor, absolutely, <laughs> and for years. <laughs> but now, as we were in 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 the apartment. Um, he was just there this morning and was like, what do you want me to do? Uh, I mean, I, I noticed 
dad because it was uh, kind of surprising to see he's, he's my dad he's older than me and he was like no it's your place so I'm gonna do what you want me to do I'm not gonna do stuff as long as you got your feet under my table <laughs> that's, yeah, a, that's it's a German saying yeah yeah that, that we have which but is usually uh, like a hint to it's time to move out <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's right when, when, when your parents ask for rent but that wasn't just interesting to see that that the the uh beside ego and knowledge um because in that case uh i have less knowledge than him about how to do the renovation of an apartment or or a house because he basically built this house alone with with my mother Uh, and it's my first real renovation of of uh, an apartment or a house uh, so I know less, even though I've I've watched more YouTube videos <laughs> than he did. Uh, so yeah, but he 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 respect the fact that it's my house now, and that I should learn by doing, and I should be the one in charge of what's going on and and the order of operation and and what to do next. Um, so I I had this thought um, this afternoon. Um, uh, I I, re- I like that uh, in his comportment, and I think it will be so valuable that in in any situation when you are working with people at work in your workshop, working on a project, uh, with or without the same basic uh, level of skills and knowledge, um, there would be this um, egoless uh, kind of leadership. Uh, depending on the situation. Like it's not, it's not about who can shout the loudest, uh, just the respect, the mutual respect of, okay, who's in charge and why it should be, it's in charge because if it's, if, if it's your project, it's your project. So you are leading, even though I know more about the project than you do, you should be the one leading the project because that's yours. I, I want to ask though, did this shift in your, was this the first time? your dad referred to you as to how what to do and did that surprise you uh it was not the first time uh but the first time it did surprise me a lot because i was like wow so i guess the first time I, he was sticking to it no uh, no i i he, the the first time was probably when i was working on my car and i was like okay so it's my car so i'm i'm deciding what's what's the deal what i don't i don't understand and I, I, I thought at the moment that it was like uh, um, him showing me respect about what I know now about fixing cars. Like it was like, uh, okay, you're an adult now, so you you know enough to. Here's your spanner. Yeah, yeah. You're grown up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was. Yeah, you're you're a dad. You you do what you do. You know what you know. So. Uh, it was it was him taking a step back, I, I believe, uh, and letting me in charge in order to uh, one day be the one passing on to my my son the knowledge that I I have and I I received from him. It was a strange moment to realize that uh, he was he was not the father anymore. He was probably becoming the grandfather at that day, like officially. Um, that was that was interesting and surprising, but uh, yeah. 
very surprising, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. it, it probably happens to everyone, but the, the one it happens to you, it's like, hmm, damn. Uh, yeah. I, I'm that I, old? I'm, I'm <laughs> asking because I had the same realization when it comes to my dad. Uh, because, like, he... In theory, he gets everything to work in practice. Yeah. But in practice, nothing really works like he <laughs> planned out in theory. Uh, but I mean, uh, having lived at a far, like he is very much a city boy, and he, the only thing that he really figured out how to do is tear things down. Yeah. And to stack rocks. Okay. She's so he 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 built a stone fence around uh, the house we moved into uh, when we moved out of Oslo and into she. Uh-huh. some 20 something years ago just when my youngest brother was born so that was his project like he was walking around with a wheelbarrow barrow in the neighborhood like borrowing rocks from people and stacking them <laughs> up into a fence borrowing yeah <laughs> he mostly asked for asked permission and all that but it, he got a lot of weird looks uh, but for him that was like sort of an exercise that was how to work out just holding boulders around um, but he also sort of knew that he didn't know a lot and would defer to people but it took a long while for him to realize that his kids now know a lot more than he does and only that started when my youngest brother actually started to study carpentry because then he actually would speak up and say no no we did it this way at school and then my dad is like oh it's in a book so I guess he knows how to do this. Yeah, I know exactly what you said because um, when I was younger, I was in high school, last year of high school, I had a lot of math and physics. Uh, and one day I went to my dad to ask for help because I didn't understand uh, math exercise. And he was like, I can't help you. Uh, it's way over my skills. And I was like, okay. And I went back to my bedroom to to keep working on my math. But as I was um, getting up in my bedroom, I was like, "Why him recognizing that he can't do something is pretty weird." But uh, may, may I ask, just how old were you? I was seventeen. Oh, so fairly late. Yeah, last year I have high school. Is 17. no, no. I mean, fairly late, sort of to have that notion of he doesn't know everything. Oh no no it uh, um he, 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 was it when I, yeah it was uh, probably when I was in high school yeah uh, I think he, he I never asked for help in math uh, to him before that so oh, he, okay. we we didn't have the occasion of of uh, acknowledging the fact that what I knew or had to learn in maths was too hard for him at, at right. that time. But but I recall the sadness in his eyes. Like, I can't help my son because it's too complicated for me. Um, that, 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 was, that was kind of weird. It was, must have been hard for him to recognize that, that yeah, he, I was, he, was, he was not uh, competent enough to, to help his son. Um, and, I, and as a stupid 17 years old, I was like, oh, he doesn't want to help me. Oh, he knows shit. Probably some, some, something like that. Uh, but now, now I understand that because if my son would look at me, the, the, like, help me, tell me, show me, and I was like, I can't, would break my heart to not be able to help him. Uh, so. But there's, there's a difference, though, uh, I would say, in saying I can't help you and I don't know 
but we can find out together. Yeah, for sure. Because like it's it's a healthy thing to admit that you don't know something. Yeah. But it's not necessarily healthy to simply give up before you. And then the son's gonna say, "Nah, I don't have time for that. I want to go out and play. <laughs> I want to finish this fast." Is, don't is that be the that. Way to say we need I to have a deadline. <laughs> it is due tomorrow. <laughs> I have school this afternoon, and I need it till then. So, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was probably the segue to say that we are over the time limit. Or someone is getting tired. I want to go to bed. Yeah, someone has to drive again you, tomorrow. I'm looking at you old people. <laughs> oh, don't, 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 don't blame it on me. <laughs> what's, what's your focus then? Yeah. My focus, I actually, uh, I have two. First of all, you have not lived until you heard Bob Floss and Mike Tyson uh, play Seven Nation Army. Uh, it's called Device Orchestra. And it's oh, just right. yeah, freaking hilarious. Yes, it is oh. so good. I've listened to so many of their songs from Blue and other ones. Um, I think he comes out with one like every month. And it's just devices, electronical devices programmed. Um, even There's even an iron with this, yeah. like blowing the steam. And he just programs songs with them. But, uh, so, stupid, so stupid question. Yeah. Is this defined as chiptune music? Or is that something no, I don't. Different? I don't think so. Like this is really. He just uses devices and he uses Raspberry Pis to yeah. what okay. I think he's doing because I have not seen an expl explanatory video. But what I think he's doing is basically just giving it different voltages, like ramp the voltages up and down over the Raspberry yeah. Pi program, and then just basically takes the notes to hit notes. And I think then he writes the programs. He basically yeah. adds voltages for every single one and then yeah, puts to it me, in. To me, it seems like it was sort of the same as you playing music on Tesla coils. Yeah, yeah, because it's, when it comes down to it, it's electric motors and stuff that moves that makes the sound frequencies or the typewriters when they click yeah. for the bass. It's it's phenomenal, though. It's so entertaining. Because I, as, this is probably some, a couple of years back, but I, I found someone on YouTube who would take uh, a floppy drive and a printer yeah. I've, I've seen make that. Them play Imperial March and things like that. Yes, yeah. I've seen that with like 20 floppy drives and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, it's glorious. I have no yeah. idea how they're doing it. But, I, but I, I just love that he's using different devices and he, he's giving them names. Like Bob, Bob <laughs> Floss, that little electrical toothbrush with the, um, with the afro on it. It just, yeah. he lets the, um, the viewers pick the names. So whenever he has a new device, he's basically making a poll over YouTube and lets them. Decide on that's what the name should be in the comments. And, that's yeah. a good name, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. There's so many good ones there. Yeah, and uh, the other one is, and I have actually have to look that up, the name, because this is also uh, something I've been thoroughly enjoying in a twisted way. Uh, his name is uh, Jordan Persigari, I believe, and uh, he has a wonderful hobby. He's a phenomenal drawer, and he loves the horror genre. And what he does is he takes those coloring books from Disney and other ones, like those two, two euro or two dollars and five dollar coloring books, and he takes the figures in there and he changes them into horror figures. Oh. And it is oh. phenomenal. <laughs> it's like 10 minute videos. He comes out with one, I believe, every week. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, he's pretty big. He's over a million subscribers. And it is some of them, 
it's two o'clock, but I can't sleep. So, oh, what's that? Click. And then it's the alarm clock goes off. So there's plenty of material there. And I just love that what he does with just Ariel the Mermaid and just in a twisted horror version of it. Because he takes that ready picture that's just in for coloring. And then he takes his like expensive markers and changes everything up in that picture. The transformation is genius. So those those are my two focuses. Thoroughly enjoy those. Cool. Yeah, I uh, I found the last guy, the Jordan Persigati. Uh, he is clearly disturbed in some way. Oh yeah, and he he comments his videos on it, and you should listen to his voice. So he's he's like playing the disturbed part really really well, and I hope he's just playing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes really good actors are not actually acting. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, red. What, Speaking about yours? actors. Mine uh, is Matt Smith, uh, that you oh. probably know by being the Eleventh Doctor in Doctor Who. Um, I've been rewatching a few episodes uh, this week when I was just resting or just as a background noise when I was working in the apartment. Um, I genuinely, genuinely think that this guy is a brilliant, brilliant actor and all the finesse that he has in his um, acting in Doctor Who uh, season 5, 6 and 7 uh, is absolutely stunning. Uh, is my Doctor, I'm, I know I'm going <laughs> to piss off a lot of people by it's, 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 it's the it's It's the, the, the angry guy with the curly hair? No, it's the, the one before. Ah, got it. Okay, the, the angry guy with the curly hair is uh, Scottish. Is yeah, Peter Capaldi. It's no, Capaldi, Capaldi, and it's the 12th Doctor. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Matt Smith is absolutely yes, brilliant. Yes, yes. Oh, there's a lot of people that argue between um, Matt Smith and the Doctor that came before him, uh, Tennant. 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 Yeah. Tennant is brilliant. Tennant yes. is, is wonderful. They're, they're two different Doctors. They're both great. Yeah, yeah. for different reasons. And, exactly. And, and Tennant is, is a... Brilliant, brilliant actor, and I, I've talked about him in um, a previous episode about Staged, uh, which is a freaking great show. I really hope they will make a season three. Uh, but yeah, today I, I didn't watch a, a lot of YouTube or Instagram or TikTok this week. Uh, we watched a bunch of uh, Doctor Who episodes, um, and and when I started watching Doctor Who, I started with season five because that's. That's what I had available at that time. Uh, so I watched season one, two, three, four after I've discovered the show uh, with Matt Smith. Uh, that's probably the reason why my doctor is Matt Smith and the Eleventh Doctor. But they are, they are, yeah, they are brilliant. And Matt Smith is not only brilliant in Doctor Who, but also in a lot of different movies. So please check him if you don't know that guy. is really good. Russ is just scrolling through his timeline. <laughs> no, I'm actually I'm actually filling in your things because I'm suddenly able to do that now. Ah. Uh, but I, I'm going off of your musical thing. I want to toss a spiff to You want a what? I want to toss a focus to Beardy Man. Uh -huh. Like bearded Beard. with the the face hair thing, Jimmy. Uh, 
No. Oh. The YouTuber that is Beardy Man. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll this I'll send here the link to in the chat to the specific video I'm thinking of. But yeah, like please. him in general is wicked talent musician to the extent that he took Tom Scott just making more or less random mouth noises. Oh my god, that was fantastic! That movie remixed it into hyper, a hyper pop. Hyper song. pop. Yes, and it was good. I mean, uh, so... And you see Tom Scott basically losing his mind over it. <laughs> next yeah. To it. So, I'll link to Tom Scott's video, uh, because it's uh, it's 20 minutes long. You could go down in the description there, jump over to Beardman's one, which is shorter. But the reason I want to specifically go to Tom Scott's video of this is that, uh, yes, it is edited, but it seems like it's almost live in 20 minutes that they go from nothing except for discussing the genre of music yeah. to having a fully finished song. Yeah, it took them probably about uh, 45 minutes, I would think. So if you look at the yeah. cut and the time between it, 45 yeah. hour max, and they had a song. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and just seeing that Barely Man fella being at, jumping around to different computers and keyboards. It's and like five iPads. He, he, he got a wicked setup. That's That's... No discussion yeah. there. Uh, and then they, they sort of reach a point where it's like, oh, shit, we need lyrics. And then he just turns to a Discord server and the, people tosses out this, the random sentences and they go, okay, that one, that one, and that one. And then a bit of it and a bit of that. And then they just remix all of that and have a song suddenly. Uh, and it's like, yeah, it might have been closer to an actual hour that they spent doing all of this. But even so, just seeing him flow through the music and just remixing on the fly and oh it's it's wicked yeah and knowing really what he wants it's like yeah a little bit of this and no that's not that yep i, I like this one and he just yeah. takes it and throws it together yeah that and was amazing like, really okay, good so tom can you give me like one of these kind of sounds and tom just doesn't do that sound at all he's like not what i ask for but i can work with that <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah that was good it was really yeah. good uh the other other thing i have been playing a lot of Elden Ring. I mean, not a lot, lot, but I suddenly actually gotten into the flow of it and sort of, it took me, I'd realized this at nearly at the 20 hour mark that, okay, now I'm sort of in the zone where I can just walk out, I can do things, I more or less understand how the game works. And to some, some extent, I've even been able to just run up to new bosses and just hang back, see how they move and then just kill them on the first try. Oh. Which is a wicked feeling in, in the FromSoft games. Yeah, I was I was about to ask if the you got insane yet because most of the people I've seen posting about Elden Rings are saying that it's crazy hard and it, that the game will drive you insane. Uh, yeah, yes and no. And and Rasmus is a standard for that. Like, uh, what do you expect him to say? <laughs> uh, no, no, it's again coming from Sekiro. Yeah. Uh, this is close to being Dark Souls, but having beaten Sekiro, it's, it's, it feels a lot easier to get into this game and understand the mechanics of it. If you have not played any other FromSoft games, it's probably going to be really difficult to get over that initial hurdle and catch how the mechanics work and how to move through the world and move against enemies and all that. Uh, 
but it's it's just a sort of a code you need to break. As soon as you figure that part out, the whole game sort of opens up to you. I mean, you still need to pay attention to like how the enemies move and see like, oh, he's telegraphing this. Clearly, he's going to swing something, and and even sometimes the bosses will faint. They will pretend to attack one thing, and then they will twist and do the opposite way, and Ooh. you will just die. Okay. Uh, yeah. And it's I can almost feel like uh, one of the the, the programmers of this like laughing evilly <laughs> in the background whenever that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, lastly, though, making fun on Netflix. Oh yeah. Uh, it deserves a shout out, even though the editor on that probably could have used more than a little bit of morphine or something to relax uh, yeah. when doing the editing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretend to be a show for kids. It's but not. it doesn't feel like it's made for kids at all. No. And it's... Uh, uh, Derek from Alden uh, did an interview on the from f- uh, the, f- uh, the Full Blast podcast with Jeff Fader. And he mentioned there that they didn't really set out to make it a kid-friendly show. So the editor had to take out a lot of swearing. <laughs> they uh, are sharpening their nails or polishing their nails on an angle grinder. This is... You don't want your kids watching that and running down into the workshop to find those power tools that they're using in all kinds of unsafe ways. Like from a safety perspective, I was looking at it and I was going like, holy shit. I haven't gotten to that yet. Dude, I I only watched the first two episodes. And there's oh, so much, there's so eating. much, there's so much stuff wrong with that. They're then <laughs> welding, and the only guy wearing a welding shield is actually the guy in the background not holding the welder. <laughs> <laughs> and you see like Jimmy squinting while just yeah. like welding the shit together. Squint is full and, on. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, oh my god, there's so many things, and I I didn't even rewatch it. I just watched it that one time, and there was stuff that only we're in for a second and you see that or you see somebody in the background working i'm looking at it and i'm like wow (laughs) people are gonna lose their freaking mind it reminds me a little bit of those stock photos you see of people working in a workshop and there's like some model who's hardly seen a hammer before and they they try to screw on things that doesn't need to be that you can't screw or they they are that that phenomenal picture of i think it's that lady like holding the soldering iron on the tip tip. yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's just but to be fair like these people are proper makers and the show feels more like a a really well-produced and hyped up youtube video of theirs and it is fantastic to see those five guys work together you can you can tell that the chemistry works between them I think they're just having a yeah. ton of fun. And mm-hmm. and I just want to say, I just want to say, if there's some way to make it happen, I want Pat Lab to be my spirit animal and or Patronus. <laughs> yeah. That, that man is just fantastic. I, I like, I don't know. I, I, I like the chemistry between the guys. Like, it's just, you can tell that they had fun with it. Yeah. Not a big fan of the children in there but that's just me not having children and can't, I cannot relate to them and I think they're just overly I don't know they you, you, they, you they, they fed them drugs or something and yeah and the edit is just horrible like yeah, I, I thought I was getting the first episode is somewhat okay the second one I thought I'd be getting seizures it it's basically a jump cut every second it's so and everything too. is swirling. Everything is just punching in, punching out. It's just like it's it's like watching 
a 30 minute long TikTok video. It's a way to yeah, fake that's, speed that's, that's and, and put dynamism into. Yeah, yeah but you don't need that. No, but in, in the US, that's, well, we, that's pretty much. That. Yeah, it's, it's, that's how they make movies. Yeah, as the maker audience, like, we want to see the making part of it and their chemistry. We, I mean, I think all of us were oh, happy we all if know they that had, like, one, every episode was three hours long. <laughs> I think all of us would watch that and be happy with that. But yeah. we are not the main audience. The main audience are muggles, for lack of a better word. Exactly, but I mean, what, what you're trying to like teach them that they're laying in front of the TV with a seizure because there's so many jump cuts in there that you actually have to throw up halfway through? <laughs> no, no, they, they're, so they're actively testing to see if people have epilepsy. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And this is really what it comes down to. Like, I've never seen a, another show or anything like that before where it's so blatantly in your face, just flickering and jumping and yeah I, I i don't know i don't i don't like the edit and i stopped after the second episode not because of the guys but just because i couldn't handle it like i actually have to get more energy to watch the next one and i hope it gets better yeah i i it, it again this is one of those things where uh even though the show could clearly be a lot better in many ways i still want to encourage people to watch this because I really hope this will make the next making show better and that there will be a next making show. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying that the whole thing is horrible. I'm just, I I can't get over the edit of it. It really comes down to just the edit. I I find it hilarious just to watch the guys and have them interact uh, and sort of see how the the stereotypes they take on are. for example, having Derek from Walden sort of always complain that he doesn't get to spend more time with Jimmy. And Jimmy just being the grumpy old guy who hate kids. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you have Pat Lap and uh, 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 Paul. Paul, 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 just being, Paul, Paul just being Paul. Yeah, they, they basically have some kind of romance romance going on in the background. And there's Grass Friends. just walking around being the tiny guy, just trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah. That's a cool show anyway. Go watch it. Support the guys. There will be links yeah. where you explain. Make, you, make your own assumptions and maybe other people don't find it. That cuts that disturbing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, where can people find us? I should answer that, shouldn't I? Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find us collectively at two-thirds focused if you spell it out in all of the places. And if you hate some people and you hate this show, send them an episode because... Clearly, hate plus eight is love. And the world needs more love right now. I am not sure where I'm going with that. You can find me at Rasmus Lowen and Lewenspeer.no. And you can find me at my apartment sounding walls and painting stuff. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> you can find me at nerdinventor.com or nerdinventor on the social medias. And when it comes to the podcast and you really like what you or what we're doing, and if you want to support us, we do have a Patreon. And it's also in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye.